Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the annual plan and also to download a training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance, fines, and more. As of the publication of this podcast episode, which is March 17th, 2022, the following week on March 24th, um, that Thursday, I will have a vendor process team training pass uh, training session that is called Inactivate Your Vendors you no longer do business with to prevent fraud and duplicate payments. And so as a precursor to that paid training, I thought what a great time to replay uh, episode 153, where I talk about what is an inactive vendor. And if you are listening and are not a vendor process team training pass member, I do give one free uh, complimentary session. So just email me at Deborah at Deborah and I'll have that in the uh, show notes and I will email you a link so that you can attend. Or if you're listening to this after March 24th, 2022, I'll still email you a link so that you can watch the recording at, uh, at no charge as a complimentary session. So enjoy episode 153. So in my blog posts and podcasts, I talk a lot about cleaning the vendor master file and inactivating vendors. And this week I was talking about metrics and tracking active vendors. And I had a question about active vendors, specifically what is considered an active vendor. And so in this podcast episode, I will answer that. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 153, which vendors should be considered active in your vendor master file? Last week, I did a training for vendor process team training pass members where I talked about tracking the trend of active vendors in your vendor master file. And I often write and speak about cleaning your vendor master file to ensure you are 
Um, your truly active vendors have valid, clean data to avoid fraud and compliance fines and really just overall bad vendor data. So I talk often about active vendors, but I haven't directly defined what an active vendor should be in your vendor master file. So here it is, and I've actually split it um, between three different kind of categories. One is I'll talk first about what is an active vendor, and then I'll talk about when they are no longer active, and then I'll talk about a real pain point in practice. All right, so what is an vendor. So simply said, active vendors are those that your company is currently doing business with or has done business with them in the recent past. That means that the vendor has had activity in one of the three functions. One is invoice activity. So an invoice matched to the information on the vendor record, and that could have been the vendor legal name or DBA, remit address, payment location, etc. And as a result, has successfully posted. The next one is purchase activity. So a purchase order was created or is still open um, based on the information on the vendor record. And that's the vendor legal name, DBA, remit address, ordering address, um, etc. Now, the third one is payment activity. So a vendor was able to be paid by your company based on the information on the vendor record, remit address, banking information, etc. Now, I said um, recent past. So if your, your company is currently doing business with them or has done business with them in the recent past, well, what does that mean? That means it any of those functions occurred um, within the previous 15, 18, or 24 months based on whatever is good for your company, that means that the information on the vendor record should still be valid and the vendor should remain active. Now, whether you select 15 months as your threshold 18 months as your threshold or 24 months as your threshold is up to you, um, up to your company, because everyone has something different. I will say that um, when I was a practitioner, we used initially 18 months and then we moved from 18 months down to 15 months because the lower the threshold, the less the active vendors. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well and why that's a good thing. So we moved from 18 months to 15 months, but you don't want to use 12 months because you do have vendors that are paid annually and you don't want to have to um, uh, reactivate them when their next payment is due. Now, optionally, you can also include the last modified date of the vendor record as activity along with the invoice activity, purchase order activity, and payment activity, since the goal of accurate vendor data can be satisfied depending on what the update was. So you can also, um, and I did, include the last modified date of the vendor record in that calculation. So that is the definition of an active vendor, one that has had invoice, purchase order, payment, and maybe uh, a vendor record activity in the last 15, 18, or 24 months. Now, 
The second part is when they are no longer active, you need to inactivate them. So if your company has not used that vendor in the previous, again, 15, 18, or 24 months, then that vendor needs to be inactivated. Now, the best practice is to inactivate vendors monthly, quarterly, or semi-annually, or at the very least annually. So every, uh, whatever that recurring um, period for you is, you would verify or check your vendor master file to see if you have any vendors that um, are eligible to be inactivated um, on, based on that recurring period. So what does that process do? So this process does two things. It keeps the vendor data up to date. So if your company has not done business with your vendor in 15, 18, or 24 months, then their information could have changed um, because there were no um, active invoices, POs, payments, you may not have been notified or just didn't even notice. Like if, if I'm sure if you owed your vendor $2 million and they unfortunately changed your bank account. So now you've got to update that, or maybe they changed your remit address, or maybe they changed their uh, name. So uh, in order to post the invoice, they have to give it to you. But if you're not, uh, if they don't have an active, uh, uh, reason to give you any updates. Um, and usually you don't get updates from vendors unless it affects payments. But uh, if, if um, and so if they don't have a reason to update you, then you may not get it. Um, uh, and so running that process uh, means that the next time uh, if you choose to do business with that vendor in the future, in order to activate the record, you are going to treat them like a new vendor. And that means you're going to request all new supporting documentation and perform all the required validations. So if they haven't done business with you, um, in that monthly threshold, you're going to keep the vendor up to data up to date by inactivating them. And if they want to do business with you in the future, you're going to collect all the valid, um, all the same uh, supporting documentation you get from a new vendor. You're going to perform all the same validations and thus you can reactivate that vendor with the confidence that the information is still up to date. All right. The second thing it does for you is it reduces external and internal fraud. So the less active vendors you have in your vendor master file, the less vendors that are accessible for fraud. If a vendor record is not active, then it cannot be selected unintentionally or intentionally for external or internal fraud. So the less active vendors in your vendor master file, the better. All right, so the third and final thing I want to talk about is pain points in practice. And I've really identified two, and I'm sure there's more. Um, but the first one is the fact that you have to determine which vendor should be inactivated. Um, that can be a manual process, uh, depending on your accounting system or ERP. Many systems do not have a way to automatically review invoice activity, purchase order activity, payment activity, and then as a result of that, inactivate that vendor in your vendor master file in your um, accounting system or ERP. Um, and for most, uh, this process is an export of multiple reports, 
consolidation into a spreadsheet, adding some formulas, and then still reviewing that manually. Now worse, if you have a system like SAP, and depending on your version of SAP, um, there really is no checkbox or an easy way to in inactivate. You have to deal with company code and purchase org blocks, uh, either at an individual um, level or a central block level. Um, and it's also a little deceitful too, because SAP has a mark for deletion status, which for some reason doesn't really act like you would think it would act because it still allows for either the posting of invoices or the uh, uh, payments to go through. So I, I'm not quite sure why they even call that mark for deletion because we technically don't even delete vendors, uh, especially if they have activity. Um, so it's really, it, it's really should not be used for the purpose of inactivating vendors. Um, another pain point besides the whole process being manual is that as soon as you inactivate a vendor, the next day, you know, at least one person or department or a few people, um, are going to want to use them. Um, what we used to do is because we had to do the inactivation process, we had one system where it ran automatically. Um, and so, but we would have to trigger it. So we would trigger it, trigger it on a Saturday because, um, when it ran, no one else could be in the system. And so we would do it on Saturday. And what we would have is we would have purchasing folks, internal team members going and looking up this vendor, seeing that is active, getting the vendor record, right? The vendor ID, and then, um, uh, going in. So they would do that on Friday and then they will come back on Monday to actually create the PO or to do something else with the vendor. And now it's inactive. So we would get those from, uh, those calls. We would get those emails. And what I would say is stand your ground. They can still use the vendor. Um, once you reactivate them, right? You just need to recollect. I don't know if that's a word, but you need to collect the same vendor supporting documentation that you use for new vendors and revalidate that vendor information to make sure the data is valid. And that is the goal of your vendor master file is, or one of the goals is to always have accurate vendor data. And this is the way to do it. There are pain points though, and I do recognize that. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 153rd episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.